on this episode of Quantum Week, March 25th through 32nd, 1990. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year in our lifetime. We talk about movies, music, headlines, whatever's happening during that time period that makes it unique. And this week we are doing uh, March 25th through 32nd, 19. Well, March 31st. There's no March 32nd. That's okay. <laughs> oh, I fucking wrote that wrong. <laughs> Sorry. That doesn't exist, but that's okay. <laughs> also, also a good start. <laughs> I guess so. We were both remarking that we feel underprepared for this uh, episode, but we yeah, think I just, you'll like I, it anyway. I, I was thinking about it too, like, I don't know if it's underprepared. We haven't recorded in a week, I think is we why. We haven't. Um, kind of, yeah. Uh, I, I record on Monday. Oh, Monday. So okay, here's yeah. one thing, just a little behind the scenes fun. Um, so we had that Silence of the Lambs episode. Yeah. Which actually came out a week ago today when you hear it, but then we have the From Dust Till Dawn. On Saturday. Middle. But we recorded the Silence of the Lambs one uh, after From Dust Till Dawn. Right, we did. So in our minds, we just watched From Silence of the Lambs until, and then we watched this movie, which is uh, Hunt for Red October. Uh, and I'm, I'm not going to lie, it's hard for me to have the same passion for Hunt for Red October as I did Silence of the Lambs. And I kept feeling, totally. I kept feeling that watching it. Me and too. it's unfair to Hunt for Red October. Yeah, because it's a good film, it's, but it's, I felt the fine. exact same way. It's yeah, funny you say that. I was just like, yeah. both have Scott Glenn, by the way. Yeah, I know. I Got saw some that. more Scott Glenn. This is peak Glenn Scott Glenn. Glenn. He's great. He's great. He's also really good in Backdraft, which is around this time, too. I forget. I forget that Scott Glenn's awesome. So long. He's um, really good. More Scott Glenn. Scott Glenn, former Marine. Yeah, I saw that in Crazy, the in, right? uh, in like Wikipedia or something. Yeah. I read um, about it. Like, there's a lot of military experience Yeah, there in was. Here. Yeah, Sean Connery Sean had Connery, done stuff. And, yeah. Um, um, yeah. So anyway, Hunt for Red October is our movie. We didn't really announce that. You just started talking about the Hunt for Red October. Yeah, it's our movie. And it's fine. I, I it's The thing is like... It's got to be... It's a B movie. Don't you think a B? Well, B movies tip. You mean like, like a, a B, like a, no, letter, like a letter I mean, grade B. the letter grade B to me. Because if yeah, if Silence of the Lambs is like a, a B minus, I guess it's not a B minus. It is. It's fine. I'm not going to argue B or B minus. I, mean, I just fine. think I really think we're clouded by Silence of the Lambs. I think there's a lot of that. Um, and also this movie, and this is goes back. So it's based on a Tom Clancy book. My dad was a huge Tom Clancy fan. Um, and Tom Clancy books, if you ever read them, they feel like you're reading fucking manuals. You read a Tom Clancy book? Long time ago. I probably oh, read dude, this one. It's brutal. Is like it, you just, it's just like all is it detail about all, the sub all details, and, everything, the gun, like, like he'll uh, talk about a gun and he'll talk, he'll like write for pages about the gun. And, um, for a lot of guys, my dad thinks that was interesting. I, yeah. I like a good story. I like good characters. Yeah. This movie is kind of, for me, was a little bit of a slog. It was a little slog for me and too. It's two like, hours and 15 minutes as well. It's a long movie. And yeah. like, there's really not a lot of character development. It's all about just like this one instance. Yeah. The, the big uh, part where I, I thought it was it was glaring that there wasn't a lot of uh, character development. Is the relationship between um, Sean Connery's character um, was it Ramius? What? Yes, yeah, something like that, right? And and the and his student who's chasing him in the sub. It's like they you, you they try to sort of build it up like this is you know this, this is the mentor versus the student, but it, that that didn't feel it didn't feel like that at all. Like right. they tried to really play like play that, but I was like, I, who gives a fuck? I don't even care. This guy just got he nuked himself. Part of the problem is too, like this is basically kind of like two movies, right? You have the Russian yeah, side right. and you have the American side yep. and only at the very end of the, they meet. Um, so 
the, the movie shot fine. McTiernan, John McTiernan's the director. It looks a little dated, not inside the sub scenes, but some of the water scene, underwater scenes and stuff that looked a little, the missiles, the not missiles, whatever the underwater missiles are called. Uh, torpedoes. torpedoes. <laughs> so, so far we arrived three minutes in. We've, we've had March 32nd and we have Jesus. underwater missiles. I guess it's me. That's underprepared. I guess so. One. I apologize. <laughs> I'm still waiting for March 32nd. It's going to be a good day. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, I, uh, it, it's, it's, it, it's just not, it's not a fun movie. I, there's a lot of this. So, but don't you think it's very McTiernan? Because if you think about, in so some ways, Predator an guy. and Die Hard, yes. those two, like it's kind of, they're kind of straight. There's not a lot of like, it's more about the, the story and the action and, you know, liking the characters than it is about the cinematography or like the direction. It seems one, one huge difference. What's the difference? So both with predator and Die Hard, those movies are incredibly fun. They are really fun. Yeah. Those this are one like is less fun. Peak action, fun movies. This movie is totally not fun right. at all. Yeah, you're right. This movie, having said that, oh, Die Hard, I think is a brilliant piece of work. It, yeah. It's dated now. If you show someone who's like 24, they won't Die feel Hard, the same way. It doesn't have it because so many movies have ripped it off. Right. But Die Hard. Oh, is, this ripped it off too. You see, um, uh, Alec Baldwin crawling through the, like the, um, yeah, the missile yeah. chamber and you kind of, you're like, you're waiting for him to say, come out to the coast. We'll get together. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the same shot of him crawling in like this red light thing. It was, it was crazy. It is interesting too. You have two charismatic actors with Connery and Baldwin, both yep. very charismatic yep. guys. Neither of them really had any charisma in this one. They both kind of, no. and I almost feel like it was, a, it was, that wasn't them. They weren't being lazy. They were just kind of, well, part of that's a character for can like Connor, you know, he's a Russian I know. sub guy you know, in communist Russia, always looking over his oh, shoulder. Do your 15 second summary. In 1984, Soviet sub captain, Marco Ramey is played by Connery. Um, under the guise of testing out a new sub, um, decide he basically is in, he intends to defect to the United States and he alerts his Russian superiors for some unknown reason. Oh. Uh, the Russian fleet goes after him intending to destroy the ship instead of letting it reach uh, U.S. hands. Uh, and then the U.S. fleet, of course, sees him as a threat. So they try to, you know, kill him too. Um, CIA analyst Jack Ryan correctly guesses Ramius's intentions and tries to figure out how he can convince the U.S. Navy and contact Ramius. Right. Yeah, it's... Um I think the movie shot pretty well, honestly. Uh, I think uh, I like the, I really like the uh, out of the sub scene. So like this, the, the submarine stuff, like uh, when, when they're on top of the sub, like of the going sub, through uh, the like, river in Maine and shit like that. Uh, and well, that was a lot of green screen. So I, was I, I didn't really like that. <laughs> the, that lighting was really goofy. I was kind of surprised. It was, it was very, very odd looking. It, it was, was very, twilight. I couldn't tell. It was very odd. No, but the stuff beforehand, when you have the sub just above, it just, it just looked really, um, impressively you know it, was just, yeah, I, it felt real to me yeah and it was even like one shot was like a it's a battleship like uh like behind yeah, like the same yeah, yeah. shot Trailing. as the sub and i was like holy yeah. shit like this is yeah you forget how big these these things are and how have you ever toured them i've toured uh sub and also a battleship i've been on an aircraft carrier too I huge have, i've done the sub uh there's the uss albacore which is in, that's right in Portsmouth. Portsmouth, new hampshire which is right near us have not been in that one it's pretty cool it's it's smaller than it this one tiny, um yeah. but it's pretty it's really interesting it's wilder than guys from that long in there in these like close quarters i'd go crazy I there's battleship cove in massachusetts i slept overnight on uh battleship it's fucking huge i can't remember how many decks it probably or uh levels of that probably had like eight fucking levels. In this you slept thing. overnight? Yeah, it was like a Boy Scout trip oh. when I was, you know, 11 or 12. Do you have something. to like, go to like the poop deck to go to the bathroom? Yeah, that's exactly what you had to do. <laughs> you poop right <laughs> on the deck? Yep, right there. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> uh, I know my ships. Yeah, yeah, you do. Um, 
Yeah, I, so you have Connery in this. So Connery is coming in this after uh, winning the Oscar for Untouchables. All right. Um, so I think the behind-the-scenes stuff of this movie is far more interesting than, than the, the movie, movie itself. itself. So, and I, I had no idea. So listen to this. So yeah, I don't yeah. know if you know this. Um, so Klaus Maria Brandauer, who is a guy that got nominated for Oscar for Out of Africa. Okay. You might recognize his face. Not, he not only, like, he was the Sean Connery part. He was Ramius. Oh. He had, they had started shooting for two weeks and he dropped out. Wait, this is like a, a fucking back to the future situation. Well, slightly yeah. different. Why did he drop out though? Did, did you figure I, out? I only said, only thing I could find was like other commitments. I have no idea. I, it must, I, I would imagine. Other commitments? I would imagine as a creative You're story. You're a $30 million movie. So, okay. So a few things here. Right. And this guy is not a guy. So I, I think he got fired. Yeah. Oh, yep. Okay. But save face. Yeah. Okay. Um. So then they get faxed. Um a contract as a script over to Sean Connery who didn't get the first page of the script. What? So he didn't know it took place in 1985. They <laughs> fucked up in the facts. And he's like, he's like, this isn't realistic. This would never happen. They're like, no, oh. no, no, this happened. I think five. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll do it. So that also what? makes no sense to me because like Sean Connery was just available to just go. Like he was just sitting at home and had like three months free. And he was basically, he got the part. And because they'd already started shooting. He's like, all right. He he had to ask for one day to rehearse. And they're like, fine, we'll give you a day. A, a day? day? Yes. I saw that he only shot for four weeks too, which seemed incredibly short for a movie like this. I agree. Four weeks. So I I, I mean I think what happened was because this brand hour guy, and because we're basically seeing two movies, you see an yeah, American yeah, Russian, yeah. Oh, you could right. shoot the American I stuff see. and then just hold off on the Russian stuff. Yeah, because you only need Baldwin and fucking um and Connery, and Connery and together the last twenty for, minutes. Right, yeah. So I uh, I'm guessing they just shot all the American stuff while they tried to figure out who's gonna be this new the new captain. And um they finally got they got Connery, which is crazy to have Connery begin with. So I have kind of a Conspiracy theory on this one. Okay, good. I'm going to call bullshit on the 85 thing, but you tell me the conspiracy first. Um, so I think that the producers found out Connor was available. Yeah. And they uh, fired Brandauer. Yeah. And they said, oh, it's not working. And because they realized like, all right, if we're going to sell this, we need like. Yeah, because Alec Baldwin. Look at the movie poster. Right. The poster is Sean Connery's face. Not even Alec Baldwin. It's Sean yeah, Connery. That's right. Well, and Alec was second billing in this. No, one, but look so. at the poster. It's hit. It's just Connery's, it's just Connery's face. face. I thought it was sub and black. It is, but there's remember. a sub. But is in the, it? the whole. I'll have to look. Yeah, the, I'll, I'll, I'll tweet it out. But yeah. like, the whole poster is Sean Connery's face. They needed someone. Like, and you tell me that you know they just happened to find out who's available. This Oscar winner who's a giant star. Yeah. And it, 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 none, none of this makes any sense. It all seems like studio speak and stuff, but they got him in there. He rehearsed today. Connery's okay in this. He's not great. Um, no, he just seems stiff, but it, that seems more the character than it's him. It's very huh? strange to have a sky. I, I, actually, I really enjoy how they get out of doing the subtitles. Me too. That's that really, was a really creative way of filming. Really why, don't good. You, why don't you tell him? So for the first like, 10 minutes of the movie, they're speaking in Russian subtitles. And then there's one scene where Connery is talking to someone who eventually murders. Uh, <laughs> right. And as the murdered guy before he's murdered is speaking, it does a close up of his mouth. Yep. And then it then backs away and then the guys speak English. Yeah, it switches from, from but they do uh, focus on the mouth. So, you know, hey, we're do something is changing here with this speech. Yeah, I thought that was really and, cool. Uh, and then the rest of the movie, they, they, except for the very end, they have subtitles at the end, but they uh, only when the Americans come on board. But it was a great way to do it. But I guess they decided, hey, we're going to get all these European actors like Tim Curry, Sam Neill. Yep. Oh, Sam Neill's from Australia. I'm sorry. Yeah. So guys who have like this European accent. So Sam Neill, Tim Curry, uh, Sean Connery, and then we'll make them Russian? Well, yeah, because it's more believable that if you learned English as a Russian person, you were going to have a British accent because that's where you, you would learn. But the they're Queen's not English. speaking English. 
like they're speaking Russian though. No, but then, but eventually they're going to be speaking English. So they needed to have a British accent. If they, I if think they, they had an American accent, it wouldn't have worked. No, I know. But why not have Russian actors have like Russian accents? Because they wanted to sell the fucking movie. I, I guess. Who are they going to get? Dolph Lundgren? No, he's not Russian. Uh, Who are like, they going to get? Lundgren and Mikhail Brzezikov. <laughs> right. I don't know. We're I'm trying to think who's available then. There's uh, no, there, maybe it's Brondauer guy. Could have been Brondauer. Um, I don't even know him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, it just seemed it seemed weird. I guess I give them credit that they didn't even try. Like, it wasn't like Connery tried to do a Russian accent. He's like, you know, just going to do Sean Connery, which, yeah. is the, which is the right move. Yeah, of course. Because it would have gone bad, you know. Um, but uh, so that was just, it was, it kept distracting me. Yeah. During it. Um, it was just weird. Uh, and also just, I, you know, we're so familiar with Sam Neill, especially with Jurassic, you know, what stuff know. he did after this. So, you know, how Sam Neill like speaks and it's just like, all right. And then you like, you have obviously a relationship with Tim Curry. Yep. Tim Curry. Imagine that you just do, you do it and this the same year. Right. What a weird, it is very weird. What a weird, well, he's uh, a weird guy. He's done a lot of weird. Come things. on, Georgie. You want one a balloon. <laughs> so like, I want to call it bullshit on the 1984 thing though, on the front end of the script. They actually didn't change it and to take place in 1984 until right before the movie came out because that's when the fall of communism happened right in 19, like late 1989, yeah. early 1990. So they wouldn't have known. They, they didn't change it till right before the movie. Came Ooh, out. So, so there's maybe, that. This whole kind of thing smells of, uh, it's, it seems very bizarro. I, yeah. I guarantee, and I guarantee too, they wouldn't have fired this guy unless they had a commitment from Connery. Oh, absolutely. So Connery's not. probably protecting this actor. Like, Oh, I did. You know, I don't want to even do a Connery. I didn't do a very good Connery, but. but I do want to go back to Sam Neill. I thought this movie was cast really well. It has a lot of really awesome actors and, and, and cast someone like Sam stacked. Neill, like Neil as a lead guy, he's not awesome. But as this guy, as the, as the XO on the ship, yeah. I thought was really good. He's really good. He, yeah. Yeah. I, so you're not a big Jurassic park. The first, yeah. I, no, I like him, but I don't. I don't think he's. Com- I don't think he is compelling. He's, yeah, he's not. He, he does better in supporting roles. He has kind of this like a sinister side to him. He does, this, yeah. uh, but he's really not a, that sinister. No, guy. he's not. But he, he just he like questions motives. Yeah, he could have been the saboteur. I, maybe that's why they. They're they trying to do. Yeah, uh, and Tim Curry too. Tim Curry, by totally thankless role. Yeah, what did he really do? Well, he didn't do much. No, he had like yeah, a few lines. He just looks scared and confused half the time. <laughs> uh, but no, you have a stack house. You have guys like Scott Glenn, great, you know, great character. You have like James, James Earl, Earl Jones, Jones, Fred Thompson. Uh, yeah, Thompson was. Oh yeah, he was in it. I yeah. forgot. Yeah, yeah the and, uh, senator was he a senator? Later on, he ran for president. I don't know if he's a, I don't know. Oh, he he in real life he's a senator. Yeah, yeah, right. that's right. Yes, yeah, so he ran president. Right. Yeah. In this movie, he's like a it's a military You're guy, right. yeah. uh, high ranking military guy. Yeah. But yeah, you have kind of this like this. Uh, Cor- Sarsgaard is in it. for Sarsgaard. He's yeah. A, yeah. And then you have Courtney B. Vance. He's the guy that played the sonar, the black guy. Yes. The sonar yes. Thing. Yep. 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 Uh, and he's had a very good career. I uh, know the the cast is pretty pretty stacked. Yeah. Uh, and Rutan, and think about it, he's coming off of Predator. He's coming off of fucking Die Hard. Of Die Hard, and uh, the movie after this was Last Action Hero, which was a disaster, that piece of shit uh, movie. But he hadn't made this yet, so this was so he was on a good run. Here. He was. This one made um, like two hundred million internationally, so this is his biggest. This one. This was a big hit. But even but the two before Die Hard and Predator, Predator both made both good money, hundred million. Oh yeah, or something. So um, so yeah. So I mean, he he's he's kind of rolling too. Yeah, McTiernan. Let's talk about McTiernan for a second because it's really interesting. Wait, talk, oh McTiernan. Yeah, yeah. So McTiernan. Um, yeah, he's a he's a weird. McT- oh man, McTiernan's <laughs> such a weird guy. So he <laughs> does these does these movies. Then he does Last Action Hero, which is a kind of a, a fuck up. Yeah. Um, and then he ends up doing the he does that third Die Hard. He doesn't do Die Hard too. Yeah, and the third one's good. We the both agree that that one's good. That's the one with Samuel L. Jackson. Uh. So then he ends up, um, he ends up doing Thomas Crown Affair. He kind of yeah. has like, which, 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 it was, was all right. It? it was a hit. Yeah. Um, but he has kind of like, he also does like a rollerball. And that's kind of where he gets in trouble. Yes. So when he's, when he's directing rollerball, he hired a private investigator to 
go into like to um, investigate one of the producers, like wiretap his phones of, of rollerball and see if he was saying bad things about the movie, <laughs> right. which is a weird, like, why would weird you? thing. Meanwhile, at this time, keep in mind, Martina is an incredibly rich guy, owns this giant ranch. Yeah. He's made all these hit movies we just talked about. He's basically kind of jumpstarted two franchises. Like, yeah, he's a big deal. Um, and the FBI questioned McTiernan if he had done this, if he had wiretapped, you know, this, if he had hired this investigator to do this. And McTiernan's like, no. Of course he says no. I never did this. It had nothing to do with it. And then the FBI gets pissed and basically puts a vendetta on him. Yeah. And they basically do everything they can to put this guy in jail to make him an example, which is kind of sh- fucked up. It is, but he serves four months. He goes in. Goes in for, for a year. Well, no, he, he's right. had two stints. The first time was right. four months. Right. And then he ends up, they get him again. And then later on, other yeah, because stupidly, he wants to have his charges like removed, expunged, right. I think. But then that opens him up to another trial. And so they're like, fine, fuck you. If you're going to get this expunged, we're going to go after you again with new charges. And then he, he spends another, almost a year in prison. Almost another year in jail. It's fucking and crazy. And the second one is when he lost all, he lost everything. Yeah, yeah. They ended up, they seized his ranch. Yeah. They seized everything he owned. And he, and now because, you know, he, he obviously, A, he's 69 now, but even when all this is going on, he's, he couldn't make films anymore. Right, yeah. I mean, he was so Royal right in this, plus no film studio is going to give him $100 million if he could go to jail at any second. Yes, exactly. So so he basically destroyed his career. It was this most bizarre thing. And uh, of, and guess, had a divorce who was suing him for yeah. like $5 million. He just... It's just weird. He, he must be really paranoid. Oh, yeah, I know. And narcissistic. Like, why wouldn't you just... You got the full brunt of the fucking state. The FBI after you. You go away for four months. You're done. Why not just fucking leave it? Just leave it. People, I said at the time um, that McTiernan thought that he was someone in his own movies. Like McTiernan, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. they really yeah. did. I guess McTiernan <laughs> started to believe like he was like an action star. Jesus Christ. And was behaving that way, behaving really oddly, irrationally. And and that's what this all became. He like And and now, I mean, I don't know what he's doing now. I guess he's just, you know, uh, yeah. I'm sure he's he has, they probably seized, you know, whatever. And he had, I think he did have to go bankrupt, but he still yeah. has money coming in from yeah, some of these yeah, movies yeah. he had. You know, even like Hunt for October, Die Hard, Predator. Yeah, he's, he's not going to die. Actually, he started three. He jumped started three franchises. Predator, die Hard, Predator. And Oh, this. that's right. Yeah. I mean, he had the first movie on three. He that's should be, true. He should be even richer than he was. So what happened? So uh, uh, another thing I found really fascinating uh, was, so he's the director of Hunt for October. Alec Baldwin, Jack Ryan. Yep. When they do Patriot games, both are not in the picture. That's true. So what happened? So McTiernan... Because it's not that long after. When's Patriot games? Is that... Two years. Two years. And so, then Clear and Present Danger is after what? That's the right. third one? Okay. So yeah. initially, it was going to be Clear and Present Danger was the one they were going to do. Ah, okay. And McTiernan's like, I'm going to do this all set. McTiernan and the studio did everything they could to bring Harrison Ford in. Harrison Ford went behind Baldwin's back and said, I'm really interested in this role. Really? Now, they had tried to get Harrison Ford when they did Hunt for Red October. Harrison Ford didn't want to do it. The schedules mm. didn't line up. It yeah, didn't yeah. work. I think Harrison Ford was actually shooting Indy. Uh, no, he had just done Indy because Connery did this. Isn't it 90? Isn't this... Uh, this is a year later. Isn't this Presumed Innocent? It might have been Presumed Innocent. Yeah. Um, he, he, but he was locked. He could, it just yeah, didn't work. Right. Plus, I don't think he wanted to do another action one. I think he wanted to do Presumed Innocent because it wasn't an action movie. Right. So, uh, but by 92, he wanted to do an action movie again. <laughs> so... Uh, so McTiernan and the studio kind of made it. So at the time, Baldwin was shooting a streetcar named Desire. Oh, sorry, uh, was on stage in Broadway. Okay. Signed a commitment to do a streetcar named Desire. The studio went out of their way to line up the shooting schedule with the commitment. You know, so, so he couldn't take it? Right. So, <laughs> the, so uh, Streetcar Named Desire people, producers were cool. And they're like, hey, we'll let you out of this as long as you maybe come back and do it again. <laughs> so Baldwin's like, bluff, kind I of. can kind of do this. And they're like, well, uh, uh, we're going to kind of go this direction. So McTiernan and the studio were celebrating at Harrison Ford. Baldwin ends up, his career 
he if you look through his stuff, he's had definitely had a, he's definitely had a successful career. He has, yeah. But he never became a this not was, a Harrison Ford level. Right. No. I mean, not even below that. And he could have, if he had this franchise, maybe if he did three of these movies in a he row. He would have been, right. I think he would have been incredibly yeah. wealthy. Yeah. Um, so Martin and the studio are celebrating. And then the studio's like, you know what? Let's do Patriot Games. It's a better fit for Harrison Ford. And Martin's like, Martin said, I can't do that because it goes against some of my like, Irish beliefs. It's like, it has, I guess really? it has kind of an IRA. Yeah, type. Oh, it does. Yeah. So, have you uh, not seen that film? I saw it years ago. Yeah, a long I forgot time. about it. Yeah. And Patriot Games is more of uh, um, like a, um, uh, is more um, like, I'm sorry, Patriot Games has the IRA stuff. Yeah. Clear and Present Danger is has, like the British that, element, right? Right, that's, yeah. Um, so he's like, I can't do Patriot Games. It goes against my beliefs. And he thought by saying that, I think he thought, oh, all right, we'll go we'll back to what we're doing. Right. So no. he was like, no, we, we want to do this. We're going to hire a different director. And well, I, that makes sense. They have all the money. And I think they were crying, trying to kind of maybe find a different director oh. anyway. And he ended up getting fucked over because of it. Plus Harrison Ford preferred to do Patriot games. Yeah. So because Martina went behind Baldwin's back, he ended up he fucking himself, himself over. over. And then the studio, obviously the house always wins. The studio ends yeah. up like, all right, we're just going to run these movies and we're going to be rich forever. And you guys are now gone. So then, you know, Martina and Baldwin are both in the sidelines. Yep. And he just like, and how much money would Martina like, you know, probably a lot. I don't know. I didn't look at, see how successful those other two movies were, but I think they were. Oh, they're and, huge. Yeah. I mean, you know, at that point, too. Like let's say let's say the first one's a hit, the second one's a hit. Then the third one, you can go and you can do the studio and be like, listen, I also want like rights to these characters. Uh, or at least a percentage of this. Yeah. How do I get and now, you know, there's the Amazon show Jack That's when you can start really negotiating. You have two hit movies like that, you can really start because then you, got a lot of you know Baldwin owns the character basically right. at that you know, right. in the minds of moviegoers. Yeah. And then you might as well get some ownership. You know, you can get percentage. You can there's all sorts of things you can start to yeah. do. You can start to get really rich. Um and they kind of they both got fucked out of that. And both are very um, uh, difficult people. They seem it. Everything I've heard about Alec Baldwin is he's pretty fucking difficult. He's pretty challenged. I mean, he's really talented. Absolutely. I know you didn't like uh, 30 Rock, but I did. He's super. T- I've seen him do. There's one where he does uh, where he does like seven or eight impressions within like a minute span. Oh, and he, he is fucking amazing. He could have been a cast, like a real cast member. Not the Trump stuff, but I mean, he could, I right. think he had a yeah. talent. To he's be got, like, he has serious, he's talent. really a really handsome guy yeah. back, back then. You know, even as an older guy, he's a good looking guy, but even like, he's a handsome guy back then. He does Beetlejuice. Oh, that's you know, right. He's yeah. so good in that, you yes. know, and he, he can play kind of a straight man. He can kind of have fun. He's, he's a really talented Very guy. Talented, yeah. Um, but he, he does get in his own way sometimes. Seems it. And in this one, though, he, I think he got, he got fucked he over. He got fucked over. So I think all that stuff's a lot more. I mean, the movie itself, it's it's action fair. It's it's definitely it's not dumb. It's no, not it's dumb not dumb. Movie. Yeah, it, it, it sometimes it gets kind of muddled with like kind of jargon and kind of the world. It, it definitely loves the world yeah. of this submarine world, espionage yeah. type thing. But I just it, that, that world doesn't really interest me either. Um, like Moneyball, for instance. So Moneyball definitely has the world. But I think it does a great job of kind of breaking down the world to a layperson. And making it fun and exciting, you definitely have stakes. You might walk into the movie not really caring about Billy Bean or no, even though he is. And maybe that's partially because not all the details are in Moneyball. Like I know one of your critiques is that it doesn't really show the doesn't other half show of the pictures. Hudson, Zito, and, yeah, and, but and maybe Mulder, that would have been too much detail. You would have been so. able to get some of the effect. And plus, it. it kind of makes it so Bean's less of a genius and more that's of maybe guy that's happened. Well, to, yeah, there's that know. too. You're telling a story. so yeah, you tell a story. But with with this movie though, you walk you, you walk in obviously not probably not knowing Jack Ryan, you know, yeah. especially at this time, you know, 1990. And do you, I mean, do you walk out caring about him that much? I guess you do a little bit. Baldwin does a nice job right. with it, but I just kind of, I was just, I said, I, I don't know if there's a lot of it, it's just the haze from Silence of the Lambs, but I just kind of walked out going, I That's don't know. all right. Yeah. It was fine. It was good. I, I actually remembered, I liked it 
I liked it more when I saw it the first time. I think I felt, yeah, I felt the same way, actually. I was like, I remember liking this. I thought I was going to walk in. I got really excited. And halfway through, I'm like, oh, man, it's a nah. fucking slog, man. Yeah, it is slog. I had to watch it over two nights. I took a break after the first night. I went back and watched it. You know, and I was just like, oh, this is just a... The I, other problem, I think the other thing is Silence of the Lambs is so good. It outshines everything. It out, Like, there are few movies out there that it doesn't outshine. That's the problem. Oh, yeah. So, you know, everything else kind of compared to it. It's kind of like going to the Louvre. And then you go to like your local art gallery, which yeah. is not really fair to, to head for October. But I just felt like, oh, really? This painting? Like, this yeah. is kind of boring. I, yeah. You know, I just saw like, you know, a complete masterwork, you know, last week. <laughs> That's right. Um, anything else about it? I thought, uh, yeah, we talked about the Die Hard thing. James Earl, oh, one thing that affected, I saw, I probably didn't he's see He's the only person who's who in the sequel. I know, he goes, he goes, uh, and I think he's in both of the next two. He's in both the next two, and I don't know if they The only guy again. smart enough to ride the franchise, huh? Yeah, you I know, mean, hey, that, that, as well as a fucking paycheck, man, you do it. You got to do Yeah, this. but how much money He's in it for like five minutes? How much money? It's, do you, easy, it's easy money. though. It is easy money. There was a cool scene where they're in in the um, there. Uh, James Earl Jones and character and Jack Ryan are are uh, briefing somewhat some. I can't remember what what his title is. And you see, uh, you see Ryan push back against someone who try, tries to insult him. Yeah, you see James Earl Jones like grab his hand. Yeah, I thought that was a really cool like little detail that it's sort of in the shadows. You wouldn't necessarily see it, but I, I was like, oh, that was a cool little. And he has that great side with afterwards. I said, yeah, I, I, I told you I push told back, you. but <laughs> right. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so I was, I, I'm always interested when guys ride out the franchise. It's a thing. So <laughs> we have Batman. It came out '89. Yeah, and then Batman Returns, Batman Forever, and Batman yeah. and Robin. Yeah, the only two people that rode the franchise all four were. Pat Hengel, who played Commissioner Gordon, oh, right. and Michael Go, who played uh, Alfred. So those two he guys all four? are are, are the only it. link because those movies become so different in tone and the Way actors different. change. It becomes like oh, completely. But those two guys are in all the four all four movies, so it's kind of yeah. funny. Uh, I, I I I think it's funny when people uh, just kind of you know those guys are probably just like fuck it, it's a fucking paycheck, just keep going. In fact, yeah. Michael Go actually is a pretty big part in the last one. Uh, but you must just be like, you know what? It's a fucking. These guys have given you, especially for those character actors, maybe guys who are a little older, like James Earl Jones. Yeah, right. You know, no one's gonna probably have you, you know, top billing movie anytime soon. So it's no. supporting work. You know, it's it's easy check. Go do do it. That's a dream for an actor, I would imagine. Getting getting, you know, not that James Earl Jones obviously very established at this point. Yeah. But did he just happen to kind of luck into a franchise? Fuck that. Ride that out. I guess so. It's Stay great. with it. How much do you get paid for that though? Is that do you think that's Six figures? Are you getting a hundred thousand for for those oh, five minutes? Uh, probably. Uh, maybe not for this one. Maybe the third one. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Probably. Yeah, you are. Uh, maybe. I. I. Nineteen ninety. You would now. Yeah. For sure. Oh, for sure now. Um. Then. Yeah. You probably. Yeah. Probably did okay. It was. It was. Pre- pre- Better than you could have gotten doing like, you know, because uh, this is a major film. It is. So, you yeah. know, it's not independent. It's not a small, like this has a giant budget. So they don't mind. You know, the agent can probably negotiate the studio. You probably get. You can you can get a couple you know maybe get maybe get a hundred thousand extra than yeah. you might have gotten yeah it depends how big his role is but yeah all right okay then it's worth doing especially having him is great because it just provides some levity yeah it like, does we got James you know yeah. I mean just it just makes it seem you know people say that name and credit just makes your film look more authentic I mean, oh absolutely the, those movies are, the mean, supporting yeah. cast is amazing I mean to think like I know just the, the kind of a sum is greater than than it's I was, uh, in the movie is was you know when i was watching it, the credits roll i was like holy shit he's in this i was yeah, like holy shit yeah, he's yeah, in this yeah um so yeah no i i think uh yeah fuck yeah, that was great yeah go, you know it's fine it's good I, I give it a b minus you give it a b yeah it's, i give it a b fine. so we both agree i think b yeah i, I, I don't fair. think it's really worth i mean is that that yeah yeah whatever were you that kid in school you got a b minus like actually teacher i should have gotten a b i just think if we did i think this 
because I pro I could say it's actually I think it's better than a B, but I can't give it a B plus. Okay, I can't. So I but so I think you're just on the other side the yeah. other side of that fulcrum. I didn't I didn't. It's fine if you're really into like sub movies like submarine that that world interests you. Yep. you've already seen this movie twelve times. You like I'm to sure. do submarine poetry or something? This might be your uh, your your show. Is that what you would know. do? Um, the the uh, score. Oh, it won a uh, won a, a, an Oscar for sound mixing. For sound mixing, which I didn't like the sound. And I kept having like fuck my volume. Did you? I, oh, I did too. Yeah, people would yeah, whisper. I, I don't like right. don't whisper. Yeah, like they're whispering in the in the movie. I actually didn't like the sound. Yeah, that's right. Sound editing. It was nominated for three. Um, yeah. more to do with like effects and sound. Yeah, too. technical stuff. Hey, you know, you get you know that's that's good, 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 good for them. But the guy who did the score, um, did not like the score. Basil uh, Polidorus also did Conan the Barbarian and Red Dawn. Oh, which so kind that of feels, Russian. It kind of feels that way, even though Conan's not. But like it kind of you know because it does. Arnold yeah, does right. that way. Doesn't feel American. Also did, did uh, a bunch of the Verhoeven films like uh, RoboCop and oh. uh, Starship Troopers, which I know you're a big okay. fan of. I like RoboCop. Yeah. Um, I guess that's it. Yeah, that's it. So then we can talk about the song, which is <sighs> Black Velvet. Okay. Yeah, that's that's how I felt. So you should. Chris's eyes closed. He sighed. You heard the sigh. That's kind of how I felt going into this because, you know, there are certain songs out there that I, I always hated this song. Yes, me too. I always hated always it. Did. It just it rubbed me the wrong way. Me too. But I was thinking like like it's counterpart candy, black licorice. It's like you can, when you, when you think about it, it's got its own distinct flavor. It's got its own depth of flavor. And I hate black licorice, I like but black I can licorice. respect I hate black licorice, but I can respect it because it's its own thing. It's yeah. its own unique thing. And so after kind of pulling this one apart, I kind of feel that way too. I don't like the song, but there's some depth of writing here. It's that, that it's, it's not a bad song. I just don't like it. Every element of this song grates on me. So I can totally understand the, the like her the, voice the bow, bow, like that. Yeah. yeah. Don't in or name. That's the blues, that, the, the bluesy but thing. It's like faux I know. Blues, and it's like, and it's her voice is, is not good. The thing is, she's kind of a watered down heart or Pat Benatar. Yes, she's, I agree. She's kind of like, and the other thing is, she's this is kind of a, her album, even is sort of this Southern rockish kind of but country she's Canadian. rocket, but she's Canadian. So that's a little weird, too. Uh, there's a lot of it that just doesn't quite hit. But at the same time, to, I have to be, I have to be on, like, you know, when I look at it, it's not a, it's not a bad song. I can see why people would, would like it. This it's just not, horrendous. it's not for me. It's not, it's not a badly written song. It's just, it's not well, it's aesthetically about, it's about Elvis, right? It is. That's the thing. Yeah, they wrote it about like the Velvet Elvis um, and Elvis liked uh, Black Velvet, used that as like a hair dye yeah. or something. So that's what it was. Calling a trap. Can't get out. I'm a bit, actually, I really like Elvis. Do you like Elvis? Uh, he's okay. I've I, seen some uh, live, like some live concerts of his and he is fucking awesome. He's like no. really talented. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. I've kind of mixed opinions on Elvis. I guess I, I some of his. I, I think Elvis is a, a man fortunate of his time. Totally. Like if he's comes out in yeah you know, now he's not or even like nineteen you know sixty eight or if like let's say he's career starts nineteen sixty eight yeah yeah like you know you you know we don't probably know who he is or maybe he has like a Johnny Cash kind of career could be but instead he becomes like a you know this, huge like icon, this icon like a beetle. just because he happened to like be the first one to do something on yeah. like the Ed Sullivan but show. But he's really talented though. He is really talented. Or dead. Out. <laughs> Cold in a trap. Uh, so let's talk about Alana Miles first. We'll go that direction. Mm -hmm. uh, she was born Alana Biles, by the way, but what she's now? like, I can't. What's her name? Uh, isn't it? Isn't it Alana Miles? Right. What was she born as? Biles, B-Y-L-E-S. 
Oh, she changed the B to an M. Yeah, which is like I, I can't be famous with this, but she did. She had an acting oh, career. Oh, Bile. That's not a great. No, it's not. I she had an see. acting career credited as Biles before she mm. she went into music. So you can see like her old stuff, and she's Biles. Um, she in her career got two Grammy nom- nom- nominations. She got she won one for yeah. for this for Black Velvet, mm. uh, and the second one was Rocking Horse. That's that actually was a better second, song. Did, that, you, did no, you listen to it? I, 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 I listened to it. It's not a. It's actually a pretty good song. But that was the one off her next album. It, it's like a B which, side of another which single. didn't rank in America, but no, she still got a Grammy nomination, which she is crazy. Did. Yeah, this song that song was actually she completely. It's a better song. So this song she uh, was ASCAP said um, was the number one played song in the radio. This year and the following year. You mean in 1991? Yes. Really? Yes. So in all markets, so I could tell contemporary, you know, if you rank everything, <sighs> this was the Oh, that most, makes sense. I know. Because this is the, so what Hot 100, it hit one. That's why we're talking about right. it. But it also hit, I think on like the country chart, it hit one on the adult contemporary chart. It was a bunch of charts right. that it and fucking And it just kind of hung crushed. around. Yeah, for well, a while internationally too, it crushed. Yeah, and I think only I think ASCAP only does America, but uh, yeah. So it said it was the most played song, but then she completely vanished. Well, the funny thing is, in America, this, at this, least. yeah, totally. This, yeah, she. This album had four top forty hits. Did it? Yeah, in America. I, like here's here. Oh, uh, no. This is one of them. This what? is uh, Love Is. Have you heard this? No. What? This is America. I don't remember this song. Yeah, I was alive. That's a top 40. And then what about this one? This one's uh, Love of Mine. Um, do, have you ever heard this one? I've never heard that song in my entire life. This is America? Yeah, yeah. This, the, she had four top 40 hits in America off this album. That's that's. Uh, I don't know any of these songs. And it, wait, hold on. Here's the, um, this is uh, Still Got This Thing. This is the fourth one. What is this one? Still Got This Thing? This is also... Sounds country. Yeah, well, she is a kind of was a it crossover. Number, was it top forty country though, or top? No, 40? this is a top forty uh, hundred uh, Billboard hundred chart. I don't, I don't know. This, this, none of these. None of that. No, I, I said the same thing. I was like, all there were four top forties off this. I mean, unless fucking Wiki is lying to us. Maybe I don't know. I don't. I know can't imagine songs. that they. You know, I don't know any of those. The only one I knew was Black Velvet, but maybe. I don't know. Maybe the chart, the the stations we were listening to may have played. Well, Wom would have played, uh, but that was your mom's chart, mom's yes. uh, station. Would have played Black Velvet. Oh, heard we heard bl- that. I, heard, I think. I mean, you hear they Black, have been on you hear Black or, Velvet now. Yeah, you, you hear do. like, yeah, you like do. supermarkets you do, you do. and like yeah. doctors' offices. Like this song has never really gone away, and it's so terrible. I really hate this song. It's. I'm sorry. We're gonna have to talk about it a little bit more, though. Oh, I know. I know. Christ. Well, okay. So. Canadian country blues rock from Ontario. Very weird. Watered down hard Pat Benatar. We talked about that. So the writers of the song is a guy by Christopher Ward, a guy by the name of Christopher Ward and not Mike. Oh, David Michael Tyson. Uh, David Michael Tyson. Michael, pro- Mike Tyson wrote this? Yes. David Michael Tyson. His, I don't it's know. It's going to be brother. a good song. Best of it. Which is why he became a producer and not a musician. If you're going to talk like that and sing like that, you can't, you're not going to, you're not going to get anywhere. That's why Mike Tyson became a music producer and not a... This is David Michael Tyson, right. not Michael Tyson, right, Mike Tyson um, the abusive uh, boxer. Okay. So David Michael Tyson <laughs> and Christopher right. Ward wrote this song um, a few years earlier, but they, so they kind of, with Christopher Ward met, uh, met a uh, Alana Miles on the set of a TV show called 
Oh, uh, the kids of Degrassi Street. Oh, Degrassi High. Do you know? Oh, well, that was one of them. So the kids of Degrassi that's Street. What, that's what Drake started doing. Jesus Christ, I, I didn't know it. Okay, Toronto, it, it makes sense. It's a huge so, It's a huge show in Canada. So, well, okay, but it's a series of shows. Yes. All set around Degrassi Street. Yes. So it was the kids of, and then middle school and of, and then Degrassi high school of. And, high or whatever. Yeah, something yeah, like that. It's a big deal. So she was on there. You as, never heard Degrassi? I'm more, much more interested in anything but this fucking song. What? No, of course. I don't you never heard Degrassi? Why? It's Canadian. I don't give a shit. I know, but no, but got American play though. Like, did it? I don't know. Yeah, like it would be. I'm a, not a big Drake guy either. I think he sucks. I don't. I'm, this is not. If a, you're a big Drake guy, you can but tell Drake me. Drake played a guy, but you've never seen the gif. Drake's like Drake played the, the guy. Gift? The gift. The gif. The gif. He's in a wheelchair. Drake. Okay. I don't care. I, okay. So Drake, I don't look at gif. No, but at, at listen to Drake me. Stop gifts. talking. So Drake <laughs> plays a guy in a wheelchair. In this in this fucking show for no real reason. It's so bizarre. Is he, is he like a kid? Yeah, he's a like a high actor? school kid. Okay, okay. And um but this show was like a big hit. It was almost like uh Saved by the Bell, but for dramatic That's what I was picturing. For dramatic effect. Yeah. And um the, the show ran for years. How do you how have you lived in I live in the United States, motherfucker? I know, but this show had impact in you. How do you not I heard that there was some crossover, like it got played on oh, some yeah. of the stations. I don't know, I guess I didn't watch You've a lot never of never heard Degrassi High or anything. No, things? I know Neil Degrassi. Jesse Tyson is he? Uh, is he? A I just type? can't believe you've never heard of it. Like this is part of like the zeit. It's part of like living in the world, like in America. Like you never, there's never once encountered your life. I don't think so. What? I mean, why would I? I don't. It was just a teen show, but like it would, when when we were kids. Ah, uh, you. Uh, oh yeah, because she's about no, she's yeah. she's older than us. So she played on right. this TV show. She played like a young, she's early twenty something musician um, slash like single mom or something. So she met Christopher Ward there, and he's the one that wrote this song. With Tyson. With Mike Tyson. With Mike, yes, with David Michael fucking Tyson. Let's have Mike Tyson more fun. Mike Tyson produced the album, right. and uh, oh, Christopher produced. Ward uh, like played some instruments on that. He's he's a music like they're they're both like writers and music. He's written a um, Christopher Ward has written songs for. He might have even written a Mariah Carey song. Like he's written some like Backstreet Boys songs and stuff like that. I don't know, too. Who, but, that I don't know who that is. You don't know the Backstreet Boys? No, right? I don't know who Mariah Carey is. Who is this person? <laughs> some untalented fool. So. Uh, <laughs> So anyway, they met and they ended up writing and producing her this album, this eponymously titled album, this, you know, fucking Alana Miles, the album. Oh, it took them just five, real creative name. Another creative name. It in took these them, albums. Okay. It took them five years too to write this fucking to think album. of the name of the album. Yes. <sighs> this is gonna, I'm, not, this I'm just, is I just really don't hard. like this song. I know I you just, don't, but let me get through it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let me get through it. It'll be a 50 minute episode and we'll go home. All right. We'll call the song Black Velvet. <laughs> <laughs> that was Jesus. Mike Tyson's Yeah, input. I know who it was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, so uh, she, but she used money from the television show and from, she was doing commercials at the time okay. to, to fund this album. Yep. It didn't go anywhere. They, they wrote, they recorded some of it, tried to get, uh, tried to get, um, some, you know, some backing from, from record con like record contracts and stuff. Never, never happened until basically kind of late in late in the, in, in the game for her. She was like 30 years old when this came out, finally got signed by, I think it was Arista and they put this album out, but it took like five years to do. Yeah. So a bit of a slog. And for it, her. it wasn't one of the guys who wrote it. It was her boyfriend. Maybe I didn't know. I didn't look Which into the love Which is gotta be weird because, like, imagine that. Like, you date this. Like, did you date someone for like six months, whatever? You they end up like writing and the song, blows up. but that becomes your like whole life. Oh right. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, for yeah, good or for bad, you you're, you're connected to this person like forever. That's true. But I mean, uh, I guess you know the world of checks come in. You just you know. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure they're both getting heavy. World. I mean, this, this song is still played all the time. It is. It probably made both of them very rich. This is the only album by a Canadian artist to ever go diamond in California. 
Now, Diamond in California is a little bit different than the United States. Oh, it's Diamond in California. I don't not Cal- so, oh, Canada. Sorry, Canada. Sorry, oh Canada. Canada, Canada. I March thirty second. This went Diamond Jesus, in California. I'm all over the place. Like, California today. is there music charts? <laughs> What's happening? Some fucking bizarro music chart. No, million a million albums sold in. Uh, so in I'm sorry. Canada. So it was again. This was the only album to go Diamond in Canada. In Canada. So this is the biggest album ever in Canada. Isn't history? that fucked up? So Canada's never had a bigger like, than one million albums sold. So no album. The is only ever, that's album in in Canada to go diamond. Is that the only Canadian album to go? Like, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. That's what I meant by Canadian. Okay. I did say by Canadian artist in Canada. Okay. Yes. All right. That yeah. makes all. I think. I mean, no Beatles album. Okay. That makes no, more sense. Sold okay. like four or five million. Okay. Six million um, worldwide. Okay. So it was it was big. Yeah. Okay. So anything else about the miles? Let's go into the song then. Oh. <sighs> all right. Cool things. <laughs> Nothing. The bass playing. Listen to this film. Hold on, we're getting to it. Kenny Rogers. Yeah. Boo doo 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 doo. Usually a guitar would do that, not the bass. Here it is. No, it's not. All right, fuck it. I'm playing the wrong thing. Oh, this is the 12 bar thing. I'm playing the wrong thing. The cool thing about this song, nothing. So, so you haven't listened to that for nothing. Is, no, no, no. You torture no, no. our listeners for no reason. Is this is a blues song, but it's not twelve bar blues. Normally, twelve bar blues would be like this. It'd be one chord. I like this. You're into this. Yeah. You're a simple man. That's fine. Now the four chord. And then it'll go back to that first one chord again. And then it'll go to the five chord coming up next here. Then to the four. Back to the one. Okay. That is 12 bar blues. I want that to be my theme song. I'm walking down the street. Too bad you couldn't use that as like your Twitter background somehow. I know. Like some sort of sonic Twitter background. That's like, that's my, that's my jam. Yeah. No, um, go into the, the store, buy something. But that's that's something that's there is definitely a better craft about the song than what would normally be a twelve bar blue blue song. Like the it's not just one four five. It's just not it's not that. There's okay. like some interesting structure around it. Number one, number two is normally you would hear like do 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 would be in the guitar part, but it doesn't happen. It happens in the bass part. And the other thing that I wanted to show before that I fucking struck out on was this bass riff. That is neat. That's something that's like, whoa, out of nowhere. That's something that like fucking struck me when I when I heard it. The other thing is that's not actually a bass. It sounds like a fretless bass, but that's a fucking keyboard. That's crazy. It sounds like a fucking bass, dude. That's a keyboard? That is a keyboard. Yeah. Is that why I hate this song so much, maybe? No, keyboard bass is amazing, dude. I mm. love keyboard bass. But no, that's not that's not why you hate it. The, 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 it's like black licorice. That's what it is. It's got its own distinct flavor, and you just hate the flavor. I think it feels flavor. like faux blues. I don't think it has a distinct flavor. I completely disagree with you. The actually. other thing, that the thing that does, one of the things that, so, but I don't like this song. I'm not defending the this, aesthetics this of the song. This doesn't have a unique sound. It, it sounds, does. It does. No, it's totally, it's, it is different. It's constructed different than a 12-bar blues song. I also, but I do want to say what's not constructed different than a 12 bars blue song is this stupid guitar solo. Maybe. That thing there? No, no, no. Hold on. I'm all over the place today. Let's talk on March 32nd to get, you know. Yeah, yeah we can get back there. Here, no, this lick. He's going to do it again. He's going to do it. 
We do do. That's blues like rock number one. We've said that before. That's like, are you gonna go my way? Do 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 do. Or it's fucking uh, Voodoo Child. Oh yeah. You know, it, that's that is blues like number one. And for you to start that, you're not a fuck you guitar player. Like, don't do that. Everybody, that's the most like. You, you've heard that a million times. That's the easiest thing that you could have fucking done. You did that. This is feel, it feels like a Canadian girl doing the blues, which is what this it is. It does feel and a it, little it, faux it, blues. And that's, I, I, swear, I, swear, I don't think this is, this doesn't feel unique to me. Like it feels very much like everything that I've ever heard anyone do. That's like not really a blues musician play. Well, I think the record companies felt the same way because at two months after this song came out, what also came out, Kind of the same. Yeah. Kind of the same. I guess this, this pissed her off too, I guess. Which I don't blame her. So if you guys aren't like, you may not be too familiar with the song, but that is, this is Black Velvet again, of course, but it is not Alana Miles. No. This is uh, Patty, is it Patty Smith? Is that her fucking name? Patty Smith. Pat, not, not Patty Smith. What's her fucking name? Uh, I wish it was Patty Smith. Yeah, I don't remember her name. Partner, Rick fucking no robin lee i'm sorry yeah robin lee is this woman's name so the record company robin leach robin lee no it's not lifestyles jesus christ oh it's this this one's a slog uh so uh (laughs) (laughs) robin lee yeah so the record company released the same record company released the same song with a different artist two months after fucking alana miles yeah it's awful that is that's like a dick slap to the face crazy thing about this song too is that robin leach sounds nothing like that i don't know how he changed his voice <laughs> to do the country version jesus it's a, christ talented guy just died Very, or something. did he yeah good he was on that show uh do you ever watch that uh um, i just know him from lifestyles was he on something else yeah he was on a show uh in early 2000s where these celebrities were trapped on islands or it was a reality show it was him, oh, wait. Blue Diamond Phillips, uh, <laughs> like Spencer Pratt. Yeah. Um, these, it was, uh, it was just the weirdest show. Who's Spencer Pratt? I know Benjamin oh, Pratt. Uh, Spencer Pratt's like this, uh, like a, um, like the Hills, like one of those like, oh, okay. awful okay. human beings. Yeah, yeah. But it was like, but it was like, yeah, Robin Leach is gonna hang out with like, who yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah, yeah. it was the weirdest group. And but the celebrities, like, they were, ha- they were really kind of torturing the celebrities, having them eat really gross stuff. They so were, it was like, like Survivor? It was like a mean Survivor. It was very cruel. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was the weirdest show. It was like, I think it was Help, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Off This Island or Get Me Out of Here or something like this. That's a long ass title. It was a good, but, it, but it, yeah, it was just basically this tortured celebrity. I, I never saw that. It was very Did you, you watched it though? Oh, yeah. You were just like, I need to see this it clusterfuck. Was, yeah, it was yeah. a complete disaster and it was like so mean and nasty. Um, <laughs> but Robin Leach is on it. Robin Leach, like, he actually came off really good. Some people, because they, they would expose, like if you were an asshole, you got exposed instantly. Oh, I bet. Yeah, There's nowhere to hide. Yeah, because it's not comfortable. And, and, they right. were, and the producers were trying to make villains and stuff. But like <laughs> him and Lou Diamond Phillips came off really good. I think Lou is a pretty a cool sensible guy. guy. Yeah. But Robin Leach, I'm, so after that happened, I was like, oh, Robin Leach isn't isn't like a like a rich, or he's rich, but not like a hoity-toity like a kind of guy. He, he seemed like bitch. a good human being. Yeah. So I'm pro Robin Leach. I, I don't know why he had to rip off this poor girl. I don't know either. But then two years later, Is that how long the cut's gonna take? Sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? Yeah, what is this? What is this? You're gonna fucking find out. It does sound very similar. Very similar, doesn't it? This one looks like That's it. Another Canadian artist. Deciding to rip off Black Velvet. 
She's having a bad week. Her son just died. Good. Well, no, that's me. I'm not. Jesus no, I don't mean that. You said comedy comes in threes. So you said one death. I said good. The second one I said good. That's, but no, that's not how comedy works. <laughs> okay. I've learned it by watching you. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking com- comedian, my ass. Com- comedian, <laughs> your ass. Like Karma a, comedian. Comedian is for free. What? Anyway, so two years later, Marissa, uh, fucking Melissa Etheridge, another Canadian. That song does artist. sound very similar. It is, and if you like, I'm. We're not gonna. There's no need to play because I don't really. I never liked that song either, really. But it's the same thing. The it's very the key. It's it's the key is that it's not that it's G minor E minor. It doesn't matter. So it's basically the same song construction is very much the same. She just has a major feel to the fucking uh, to the vocal line. That that's really the only difference. It's a very similar song. Because I, I was listening, I I turned on fucking Black Velvet. And I'm like, where does this sound familiar? And again, again, it like caught my subconscious. I'm like, I don't that's like that fucking song. I'm Melissa not a big Rutledge. Melissa fan. I'm a bigger fan than you are. You wish ill for a family, but I I'm a, I'm not a big Melissa Etheridge fan. If I walk that back, is it less funny or more funny? I, I it's not really funny at all. It's not, is it? Just, I don't actually. No, I do feel bad for. I don't. I mean, I don't know her. How bad could I really feel? But I don't wish true, anybody to die. I, I don't wish we anybody to die. We feel bad for these people. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Right, yeah. but you know, sounds like he had addiction problems and, and succumb to that. Yes. That's what it seems like. Yes. That's, that's too bad. So now you're making it more serious than it needs to be. <laughs> uh, Melissa Etheridge, I'm not a big fan. I'm not Me a big fan. Me neither. But uh, I, would, I, I actually would rather hear neither song. I'd rather just hear Silence. Yeah, I, I actually respect Black Velvet. Roll the window if, down. If you, if you deconstruct Black Velvet, it's a be, it's actually a better written song. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of better stuff about it, but I don't like it aesthetically. I don't like it. Uh, but I, So I think the Melissa Etheridge version, Etheridge version is worse. Can I think that song's worse. Can we worse. move on from this? Yeah, I've said what I need to say. Okay. Uh, personal stories. We don't have much. I have no offense. Fucking, I'm, we've been in the 90s. We've been in the early oh, 90s. I know. My entire life, it seems. It seems like the entire this podcast show. has been 90 and 91. Can Quar- we get the fuck? Quantum Week is, is a podcast <laughs> We're stuck. dedicated to 1990 and 1991. Sam, get us out of here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, let's do headlines. Um, I'll Thank have you. I'll have a little bit more personal stories. Not Nothing that's that. I just oh, I have great. I, another fucking two dark stories no, about no, no. people dying on train tracks. No, it's a it's a uh, it's a um, I'm going to do a little twist on it. It's a positive one. Is it? Yeah, kind of. Jesus. Uh, okay, so we have, uh, I have some headlines here. Okay. So this is interesting. Uh, on March 25th, Julio Gonzalez was kicked out of the Happy Land Social Club. It was like an illegal club in the Bronx. Mm. Um, and he- Speakeasy. Kind of. Yeah. But it was just basically some place that they can have a bunch of people get together and have to worry about firewalls, things like that. Oh, right, yeah. He came back with gasoline, which he threw on the floor- and with a couple matches. No. And walks out. 87 people died. Luis Gonzalez? Yes, Luis Gonzalez. The outfielder for the Diamondbacks. You're kidding Julio me. Julio Gonzalez. Julio Gonzalez. Is it Julio Gonzalez? Julio Gonzalez. I'm trying to picture which one. Yeah, he's the Diamondback. Louis Gonzalez played the Diamondbacks. Julio oh, Gonzalez oh, is currently oh, oh. in jail because okay, he killed okay, okay, 87 okay, okay. people in okay, 1990. Okay, okay, okay. I thought that's who you were saying. No. All right. Fuck that guy. Yes, bad guy. Jesus Christ. On March 26th, the 1990 Oscars took place. Yeah. Uh, Driving Miss Daisy won four Oscars. We didn't, haven't we talked about this one? Because you said have. that was the weakest. I did want to like go the over, weakest year, right? I like this. The best pictures that year. Uh, so Driving Miss Daisy won. Yeah. Uh, Born on the 4th of July. Yeah, we've done this, but we yeah. Have. Dead yeah. Poets Society. Fields of Dreams is why we talk about on That's YouTube. right, yeah. And have, uh, uh, My Left Foot uh, with, with the nominees oh, yeah. that year. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Kind, of, kind of a weaker Weak year. Yeah, I would agree. Fourth of July is probably the best of those. I think, I think. so. Yeah. Um, I, I think I, I like. I know you I love. I feel the dreams. There's a lot of holes. But, um, That's all right. More James Earl Jones. More James Earl Jones. Fucking following James us around. James Earl Jones. Seven degrees uh, of. Let's find out here. And we have one more headline. So this is interesting. On, on March 24th. Yeah. 
On Wang died at 70. Wang was the co-founder of Wang Laboratories. Remember Wang Computers? I do. Um, so in 1986, he wanted to retire. And he put his ch- son in charge. I think his son was Fred. Fred Wang. Uh, put his son Fred in charge. Fred was a fuck up. And, yeah. And, and so by 1989, uh, on Wang had to then take control of the company back from oh. Fred and give it to some other guy. Yeah. Because the whole co- people were just quitting left and right. And uh, and then by then it was kind of too late. The company had already tanked. I think also technology had passed. Yeah. Uh, remember in the 80s, um, you know, Wang computers were a pretty big deal. They were. I, um, I remember one time I was at my. <laughs> My friend's house. He had a computer. Go. I go. Oh, what, what do you have? And uh, I was like, I was like seven or eight. I didn't know. And uh, he goes, I got a Wang computer. I go, oh, that's a nice, a nice Wang. <laughs> and I remember like the parent laughed in the background. <laughs> right. And he went home and told my mom. And your mom's like, and, that's a dick joke, kid. My mom's like, yeah. I, mean, I probably told my dad. Hopefully, my dad. I told my parents. Telling a parent, the parents. It's yeah. like, well, it's has, has double meanings. I go, yeah. All right. Um. So you know, Wang. Yeah. Wang. Do you remember? Any, remember having? Do you remember having a Wang, Matt? Yep. No, but do you remember? Do you remember people? Having, I never had that computer. No, I never had. I never had a Wang <laughs> <Okay>. computer. <laughs> I didn't either. We we had a Tandy, just like a Tandy. But we I had can't a, remember. I had a word processor. I can't remember who the manufacturer was. And then maybe it was a Dell. Was the the like the first oh, one that went on the internet? I think we had a 90s. Compaq, or maybe a Compaq. after the Tandy. But in yeah. the eighties, though, yeah, the eighties, the Wang computers were all joking aside were a big deal. They were. Uh, but we had it. We had a Tandy. Um, all right. That's where'd they go? Yes, I think same place as the Wang. Yeah. Same place as Jessica Tandy in, in the ground somewhere, probably in some landfill. Ah, uh-huh. um, along with uh, Melissa Etheridge's child, Jesus, buried together. <laughs> See, that's how it comes back in threes. See how it works. Finally. Uh, so next week we're back. We, I'm sorry, uh, Saturday rather, we're back. Yeah, Jesus. This is our Wednesday show. This show is not a good. This was a rough show. Was this a bad show or a good show? I think it was mostly you. You were not prepared for this one. Don't think so. No, you were bitchy about the song. I, I think can, I had to be more prepared than I thought. I had the cool story. I think you it, trolled uh, me on the song and it, it, it fucked me up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I got bored with the That's song. That's fine. I, I sabotaged the song. Don't worry about it. I don't mind. I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind. Yeah. As long as it's entertaining, if people find it entertaining, tell us. If you think it was entertaining, let us know. If you think it was shitty, then tell us because then is, I'll tell is, Chris to fucking back off a little bit. I'm not going to listen. It was, a, <laughs> it was a chaotic show. It was chaotic, yeah. Yeah, I definitely sabotaged I do feel yeah, like it's a little weird when we go five days without recording. That's the other weird thing. It's from just, Monday to Saturday. Was, I had a really hard time with coming back from Silence of the Lambs doing this. Yeah, right. I really did. We needed a, uh, a, a uh, we needed to cleanse our palate a little bit. Yeah. What would have been good? We needed a comedy or something, or just a better. I actually, this movie wasn't even bad. This thing too is it's hard when the movie is like pretty decent. Yeah, it's like oh, I can't really share on it, and no. it's not great. I'm not going to speak to it. It was yeah, just, yeah. It was kind of a slog watching it. Yeah, it, it wasn't was, necessarily yeah. very inter- entertaining, but it's not a bad movie. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a good fine. movie. And the song I really don't like. Nah. So we're back, but we are back with something. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We're I back. don't want to announce the song. It's the worst song that's ever been played. There's no worse song that's ever been played than on this, this song. show or ever. He, ever. History. Yeah. This so is. this. So the song. So we'll tease it. Is that? So we're doing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and you're not. Kidding. I can't even remember the. Name no, no. But you're not kidding. You're it's saying a, whatever song we do. Yeah. Is going to be the worst song you've ever heard. Is that hyperbole? Or do you actually mean that? It's not the worst song I've ever heard. It's got to be a bottom five though. Is it the worst song we've done in this show? Is it worse I than Macarena? Think. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, even, even whatever. Wind beneath my wings is worse mm. than Macarena. Or what? What did we do last week? The fucking uh, I can't remember. But that that one was I think was worse than Macarena too. But this song is worse than those. Yeah, I, yes, this is. The, I think this is the worst one we've done. So yeah. c- come back on Saturday, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and the worst song we've ever done on the show. We'll catch you then. Bye.